appreciate that song and the truth in it and how we can sing it from our hearts. Jesus is better than anything. Amen. It's good to see you. appreciate the meeting and the help we've got. It's always a blessing to come, take part, be a part, help we get, see you and fellowship and worship the Lord together. Amen. appreciate the beautiful day the Lord's given us. Smile down upon us. <clears throat> Preaching I've heard, I appreciate my brethren and appreciate your faithfulness, all you people of God. Revelations 21, if you'd love, want to stand with us tonight. Revelations 21. <clears throat> Seems like I had a little trouble today getting settled on the direction to go tonight. But, uh, as we near, I was nearing church time, I, even the drive over seemed like the Lord was touching our heart. And so I want to be faithful in that that He's leading us in and try to be a blessing to you. I'll read about five verses here in Revelations 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. You can be seated. I like that last part, that these words are true and faithful. And I'm thankful that God is good to His Word. We'll just hold on and trust Him. Uh, all that we read about here that John saw will be reality. We may be nearer tonight. I know we are nearer tonight than we've ever been. We are definitely nearing the shore. I want to look at verse 1 and a portion of Scripture here. Some thoughts I've had about it in the past. I think may have uh, preached a little about it here in the past. In uh, verse 1, he said, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Now, for me, if I was going to look at the text tonight and just find particulars to rejoice in, I would probably overlook the no more sea. I would jump on over and thank God that there is no more tears. I would go over and praise the Lord, and we can do so, that there will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain. All of us in this life are affected by these things, and isn't it an amazing thought to think that the things that are now, one day will be behind us, and they'll be former. They'll be behind us, and all things will be made new. We will be new. We're new on the inside now, as Brother Hyatt preached. We are a new creature, but one day everything will be new. Well, our surroundings will be new. Oh, ain't it wonderful? I mean, but the writer, uh, under the impression of the Holy Spirit, what he saw and what he didn't see. and He did not see 
a sea. He said, I don't see a sea. There's no more sea. Now there's many things I guess that could be said about it. But I'm just going to go with uh, the things that are touching my heart about it. I want to go back just for a moment in the first chapter of the book of Revelations and read a couple of verses. Here is, it is the revelation of Jesus Christ and it is the revelation that John the divine had, what God showed him. Word of God said in Revelations 1, 9, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the isle. So he's on an island surrounded by water. He said, was on the isle that is called Patmos or Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what thou seest, write in a book. And so we have that book tonight, the book of Revelation. We know the Bible is a book, but it's made up of 66 books, and this is the final book in the canon of Scripture. Looking at the Scripture tonight, John said, I don't see a sea. I see no more sea. Now if we think about it tonight, what that could have meant to him tonight for there not to be a sea. To think about him and being isolated on an island out in the middle of, if you wanted to say nowhere, uh, across the water. Uh, for him to not see the sea, maybe he thought as he, what he saw, we know that he had to have pondered this in time. Uh, his days from this vision that he had on out to the end of his days. No doubt he sat in silence and meditation and, and thought about it. What that meant to him. What life would be like when things was all new and there was no sea. There definitely would be no need for a sea for its functions and things of that nature. But John had spent a lot of time here. And John had woke up every day and looked out and saw this water. And to think about that one day it won't be that way must have uh, gave him a lot to think about. And so as I think about it, I thought maybe that as he thought about it, he thought about the times that he was on the sea and the times that he spent with his brothers, the disciples, on the sea. Uh, many things can be thought about tonight. And I, I kind of want to start out with the fact that John has been separated from the fellowship of his brothers in the Lord and sisters and, and time spent with them. And we know what it, maybe you've spent time in the hospital. You know, we don't know how good we got it till we ain't got it that good. Maybe you've been on a bed of affliction or been sick or, or have had to stay with a sick child or just many things you can think about tonight. My, my middle daughter, Hannah, she's 10. She was, uh, her appendix ruptured and had, she had some infection and it got very serious and she spent seven days in Vanderbilt Hospital and uh, she had a, y'all know how foolish a lot of this stuff had been. She was way over the coronavirus. She was way over it, but uh, they wouldn't accept our negative test at our local hospital and they tested her again 
and, and, we, and it was evidently lingering around it come up positive and so they were isolated I could go and see her or be with her but if I exited the room I had to wait 24 hours before I could go back in but my wife stayed in that old room for, for 7 days that's a short period of time but 7 days seems like a long time even my little girl would look up at her mom and say if they just let me go out in the hall if they just wheel me down the hall but, but everybody treated them and us like we had the plague. I mean, they wouldn't even sometimes knock on the door and my wife would say, they're late for supper and she would go to ask the nurse or just look out and they would just set it on the floor. Or if they did come to you, they would hand it to you like this. And she felt a touch of the isolation possibly that John felt. No hugs from the church. No handshakes. Only phone calls or FaceTime. And a lot of times that just don't do what we that's not I mean thank God for it but it just don't really meet our need and we know as brother Logan said that we're not alone John was not alone but John was separated John said I'm your brother but yet he's not with the brotherhood John said I'm your companion but yet they cannot converse they cannot fellowship and so he is separated from that because of he is isolated on this island and he's been persecuted for the word of God, his stand for God and for his testimony of the Lord Jesus. But no doubt John thought to himself, I'm glad there's coming a day that I'll not be separated, that I'll be with him again. Because I'm telling you and I know you're the same way. I got flesh and blood kin that I have no fellowship with and there's many of peop the people of God who I'm much closer to than I am family. You are my family tonight. The people of God are our family. And you know, I do spend time with family. I spend time with lost loved ones, lost family members. But there is a special bond and a special connection that we are privileged to know about and to enjoy and have and share with one another. And it would be hard on me if I was separated from you for at great length. You know, we as a people of God are, are charged by the Word of God not to forsake assembling ourselves together. But John couldn't get up and walk down to the meeting house. Uh, John, <coughs> John had no church family there. John was in isolation. <coughs> and we can relate possibly to the, to the emotional pain and the spiritual warfare that he might have faced. But he said, I'm glad that one day that's going to be over. He said, this great sea that separates me from them. He must have wondered, what are they doing over there? Is God meeting with them over there? He couldn't even get good news unless God so, uh, so uh, uh, sovereignly ordered it that it would come. He's lonely, no doubt. But he said, I, see, he said, I believe God has showed me one day Day, there tell me no more separation. Ain't you glad of that? Yesterday in the fellowship hall, Brother Andrew and I will talk a lot and he's all the way across the waters in that foreign country over there and it's rough over there and the battle's hot and heated up and he goes through ups and downs and one day he says, you know, he'll speak, I speak, you know, strong and, and, and the next day he'll say it's just been really hard but God's good. He said, maybe you can FaceTime me and maybe I can 
can see some faces and maybe I can talk a little bit to the people. And so I went around in the fellowship hall yesterday in the building here and he visited that way with the people. And I didn't, hadn't shared this with anyone but when before I signed off, he says, you don't know what this means to me just to get to see those faces and see those smiles. He said, I think about you all and I wonder about you all. And he said, I long to be with you. But he said, until then. And so that was the end of it. But I'm glad one day there'll be no separation. Now, I mean, our service to God sometimes separates us. You've got your place and I've got my place. And you would think that Brother Larry and I could get together quite often. It's something like four hours, but I don't understand it. Life is busy, but it seems like, Brother Larry, there's a vast sea. But there's coming a day when that'll be gone. And one day in eternity, I can walk up to Brother Larry in heaven and say, you want to go rub elbows around the throne? Won't it be wonderful there? Won't it be wonderful there? Do you ever get along and to go to a place where there's no separation? I'll be quick here tonight. That's enough said. I guess you can relate to that. You know the reality of it. Sometimes we're separated by service. I don't want to get on the negative tonight. Sometimes we're separated by silliness. Amen to that. I mean, you'd be surprised at the things that believers let come in the way and separate them from one another. I know there's a time we have to draw some lines and we have to break fellowship with unfruitful works and things of that nature. But I know this and I don't want to try to be humorous tonight or run off in our minds, but I've heard of down in south of even right foot and left foot Baptists. Somebody said, what on earth is that? Well, some believe you ought to wash the right foot first and some believe you ought to wash the left foot first. I said, my gracious. I was down there preaching and they got to talking about dry foot Baptists. And I said, what on earth are you talking about? They said, well, Oak Grove over there is dry foot. I said, what's that mean? I think I knew they don't wash feet over there. I said, and there I was preaching meeting for them. And I don't believe feet washing is an ordinance. I said, uh, you can do it if you want to. I've done it and enjoyed it. We washed Brother Andrew's feet. God said, do it. He shouted for a solid hour. And the prayer of God was in it. And we served one another and loved one another and worshipped and esteemed one another. It was great fellowship. But it don't resemble the blood of Jesus or the body of Jesus and, and, but he said he did it for an example but anyway they divide over that that's silliness to me that has nothing to do with the doctrines of the scripture that's not even that's not even minor I mean it's really nothing and so sometimes we're separated by silliness but I'll tell you when we get over yonder you'd be surprised how close we'll be you'll be surprised what kind of fellowship we'll have I'm glad of that ain't you sometimes my heart just aches and hurts and the pain inside of brethren that once walked together. And I know we can't walk together unless we agree and there's a certain amount of things we agree on and I know that but oh I'm seeing such a separation in these days. People will look for a reason to split rather than a reason to get right. Seem like nobody will repent. Everybody's right and nobody's wrong. I want to say this. Everybody said there's two sides. There can be three. My side, your side, 
pride and God's side. And I'm telling you, if we want to get right, let's chunk our pride and get on his side. But I promise you, you'll be surprised how good it'll be when we get rid of this old rotten flesh and we're in the presence of the Lord. There's a lot of things that we won't care about. And I believe John might have thought of that. He knew what it was when the disciples couldn't get together. Maybe word come to him that Paul and Mark had problems. Different things had problems and it hurt him at his heart. I'm telling you, we get in the heat of battle, brother, and the bullets get to flying, some things ain't gonna matter. And if you're stuck in a prison cell, amen, if you're stuck in a prison cell, you're stuck on an isolated island, there'd be some things you wouldn't be so particular about. You'd just wanna see somebody that know God. Do you believe that tonight? But John said, no more see. There's coming a day, he said, that I'll be with them again. He said, there's coming a day I'll break bread with them again in the kingdom. The Lord said, I'll not do this with you till I do it anew in the kingdom. And John was looking forward to that day. Oh, he saw it way out ahead. He said, there's no more sea, no more separation. Now we can look in the word of God and read the stories in the gospels of the disciples on over into the book of Acts where of the apostles that Brother Caleb preached about, Brother Logan preached about, and mentioned about the disciples on the sea and the rowing and rowing is rough. I ever read the book Heartbeat of the Holy? It talks about those men of God. They had calloused hands where they rowed that boat. They wasn't sissies and they wasn't wimps. Neither are the men of God of our day. If you're a real man of God, brother, you're gonna have to know what it is to row against contrary waves. Uh, things don't go easy. I know God's good to us and every now and then we get the wind to our back and it's smooth sailing, but it don't last long. John said, I'm here and I'm, I'm yours and I'm going through tribulation just like you, your companion in tribulation. John said, you can relate to what I'm relating because all those who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer, shall, shall suffer persecution. But God said in the world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcame the world. John said, no more separation. And John thought no doubt about his life. And he said, that there's no sea, there's no ship. Now, we can use analogies and preach and types and everything and we can all get something from it. The brother preached the other morning out about biting in the ship. But the, the church is not the ship. The church was in the ship. Amen. And you know, that the church is not the building, but the church is the people. It's the body. And it was the church was in the ship. But I thank God for the vessel. I thank God for what undergirds us tonight. I thank God what our faith that is underneath us for a foundation. I'm telling you, I'm not getting across these waters on my own tonight. There's something keeping me above them. I'm glad when waves are over his, uh, our head, they're under his feet, aren't you? But he said there'll be no need for that old ship. The writer said this old ship one day will land in the port. It'll be no more. Won't need it no more. Yes, sir, there's a crowd over yonder calling you and I, Brother John, saying, sell on in. Sell on in tonight. So if there's no ship, there'll be no more sailing. Simon Peter walked abreast when his faith was put to the test. And he talks about them waves as the Lord come walking on the storm and walking in the middle of that and called him to come out. But he got afraid. He got afraid and he doubted and he feared and he went down. They had many experiences 
is with the Lord out there on that water. But John said there won't be no more of that. There won't be no more need for old ship. I won't have to travel across no more. I'll be at home at last. He said, never will I hear a voice from God saying, get in and come to the other side. He said, because I'll be on the other side. I'm a trying to preach tonight. I'm a trying to preach my heart. You pray for me tonight. This is reality. This is real. This is going to happen to us. This is going to happen for us. This is what awaits us. No more sailing. No more sailing. You ever get tired of sailing? You ever just wish you could anchor? And we do have an anchor for our soul. But do you ever wish get tired of rowing against contrary winds? You ever get tired of preaching, preacher, when you feel like it's blowing right back in your face? Now, we don't need to get bitter. That's just part of it. Let's preach on. Let's not cry about it. That won't get us nowhere. We're soldiers, and I mean we're on, we're on a journey, and we're going home. Let's just press on. But sometimes it gets weary. I mean, it's a fight. I work sometimes on a roof, and the wind's been blowing a lot lately, and there's something about it you wouldn't think so. It'll wire you out <coughs> fighting that. At 10 or 20 miles an hour, shifting you around. You're all time in a strain, bracing yourself. That old wind to wear you out. And I'm telling you, sailing, that would wear them out. They would be so tired and fatigued. And the saint of God is out on the sea of life. And it fatigues them. But one day, no more sailing. No more paddles, no more oars. No, sir, no more experiences, thank God, like Paul had. And thank God the Lord was with him. But, and he'll be with us then. But no more dark nights, no more long cloudy days, no more times of reaching out in the dark and saying, direct me, Lord, show me the way, because we'll be there with the way. No more sailing. Yes, they experience storms out there. No more storms, thank God. John said every storm I ever went through was out there on that sea and evidently God's going to put me in a place where I won't have to go through that no more. Oh, it'll be calm over there. Yes, sir. I mean, the letter from heaven that the primitive saying about, it ends up like this. There'll be no need for me to write to you again. It's perfect here all the time. All the time, Brother Danny, no more storms, no more bad news that tornadoes are coming, hurricanes, uroclidons, whatever it might be. No, sir, no more storms of sickness, no more storms of bad news, no more storms, preachers, hitting the church, no more storms, nobody ever storming out. Amen, after you've reached out for them and you couldn't reach no farther, they just stormed out on you. You know what I'm saying? No more storms. John says no more storms. No all, no, not even smooth sailing. No need for the ship. Yes, we'll land on the shore. Yes, we'll land on the shore and we'll be safe forevermore. <laughs> yeah, that's right, isn't it? Listen to me. Come on, help me a little while. Friend, rejoice in this. Thank God we don't have to work it up. This ain't no fairy tale. Brother, this is the words of the Lord. He said, write it down, John, and let them that read it know it's faithful and true. Yes, sir. Whatsoever things be true, think on these things. Whatsoever things be faithful, think on these things. Forget the conspiracy theories that we've all heard and let's read one that they said was a conspiracy, but we know it's true. 
Oh yeah, it's a conspiracy. They're going to come get his body and steal it in the night. It's already a lie, they said, to begin with. But they'll come and steal that body in the night and carry him away and there'll be an imposter come about and they'll say the Lord's risen. They say we can't let this happen. They said secure the tomb, secure the stone. Don't let it get out because they said if it does, we ain't seen the worst yet. They found that stone rolled away. Go tell them I've risen. Had just a few of them with that message went out into the world in the book of Acts and absolutely the word of God said they turned the whole world upside down. We can make a pretty good stir if we want to. They hated them. They come in there preaching the truth, overthrowing them religious leaders, uh, condemning and preaching again their doctrine. And they said, we gotta get them out of here. They're troubling our whole city. We're just troublemakers. This old world, they wish they got rid of us. One day they'll wish they'd had us back. Yeah. But oh, I'm glad. No more storms. Aren't you glad of that? No more storms. No more. Oh, the land of cloudless day. Oh, the land of an uncloudy sky. Oh, they tell me of a home. Ain't it wonderful? Won't it be wonderful there? No more separation. No more sailing. No more storms. No more sea. Yeah. John had to have think of it. Had to have thought of this. He had to have. It had to have entered his mind. Wow. Now, God let him see that for a reason. We know that it has, the sea has a great purpose. That God created it. God created the waters. But it's going to be different then. And you could just say tonight, Preacher, you're out on a limb. You're grasping for, thro- for straws. I don't believe so. I don't believe so. It meant something to them, to him. He could relate to it. Can you relate to it tonight? Can you rejoice in the fact that there'll come a day that there'll be none of these things? That there'll be no more. No more to be remembered. No more to be fought through. No more struggles. That's right. No more struggles. If it was not for that day, and I want to tell you, the Word of God said, if in this life only we had hope in Christ, we would be of all men most miserable. And I know that, I heard this fellow say this other day, when they went out in the book of Acts and, and all around and hit the world of preaching, they didn't really run up to people and say, do you want to go to heaven when you die? That's not what they did. They told them they was lost and they needed Jesus. And if we got to heaven... And Jesus wasn't there. We would want to leave. Because he is what is going to make it heaven. Yeah. They spent nights on the sea. Long nights. No more night. No more darkness in heaven. That's right. No more nights. Because we'll be with the Savior. There's uh, down home, you know, you got little of everything everywhere, I guess, but I've heard some preaching, just, just bits of it. These people got to teaching, and they were uh, brighters. And if you don't know what that is, it, you're probably all right if you don't know what that is. But they would talk about the bride that would live in the city and the church. And then they believed that like backsliders or indifferent people could get to heaven, but they would live outside of the city in the outskirts. And... Uh, so they wouldn't be in there where Christ is the light. They would eat. Some even went so far to preach the foolish thought that there would be outer darkness in heaven. That's not true. That's false teaching. 
In outer darkness there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I just read the word. He said there'll be no more tears. God will wipe all them away. So there'll be no more tears. No more loneliness. Are you lonely tonight? Oh yeah, those folks in the nursing home. I used to go. I got to get back to it. I'd go and visit. All you had to do is walk in, spend a minute to smile. I was on my way to prayer meeting one night, and this dear lady got on my heart. And I mean, I mean, my heart was so heavy for a lady named Miss Dorothy, who I'd heard pray through to God, and she walked. We'd go down there and sing to her around Christmas time. And before we could ever get finished with the song, she'd get to testifying how much she loved the Lord and how she was packed up and ready to go, shouting happy. Just standing in the room her little door screen door of her little old apartment and she was up there at the nursing home one night and uh, and, and I, my heart got so heavy for her and I was on my way to Wednesday night service and, and I said something's going on something's going on and my spirit I knew it something was connecting me to something that was going on so I called up the nursing home and I just said I've got to talk real quick I'm on my way to church but this is brother Jeremy Oakley there's a lady I come up there and visit and I absolutely cannot get her off my mind and I can't get to you right now or get there right now to know what's going on and I said I'm sure that you cannot relay any information to me but I just said is there anything you can tell me is she alright is there something going on she said brother Jeremy I do understand and she said right now the hair is standing up on the back of my head she said there is something going on she said been in there talking to Jesus for about the last 30 minutes now like she usually don't do that she did not usually do that and what it was was uh, old Satan had whispered in her ear that something was wrong with her boys and something was going to happen to them and she got scared Satan toys with our mind. Satan toys with our flesh. One young man said, Granny, how old do you got to be? She was about 92 when the devil quits bothering you. She said, you'll have to find somebody older than me because he ain't never quit bothering me yet. But I'm glad there'll be no more Satan. Can you imagine what he said in the ears of John? Now, I didn't have that point when I got here. That's the best one, ain't it? No more Satan, thank God. Can you imagine what he whispered in John's ear? It'll never be John. You, you bought it hook, mine, and sinker, John, and you took a stand for it. Now look where it's got you. You've lost your family over it, your friends over it, your fellowship over it. You're a fool, John. But I'm telling you, John had faith, thank God, and the Lord come by and give him a vision and said, here's what awaits, John. You just hold on. I want to say, saint of God, we need to look at the vision that John got and realize that it awaits us and be of good courage. God overcame for us and one of these days will be there in reality and faith will end in sight John said I got to get it by revelation now and believe it by faith but one day my faith will end in sight and it'll be a reality it'll be a reality he said it'll be under me it'll be around me it'll be over me he said I'll be in the presence of the Lord I said I'll be up there I said I'll be up there and if I can I'll go I'll go see her and I went up there after the Wednesday night service and went in and sat on the bed and had prayer. And Miss Dorothy, she told me, she said, my son, they beat him up. And she was confused. I said, it's all right. And I just had a little prayer there at the edge of that bed. And the calmness of God come in there. And she got calmed down. And she went on off to sleep. And she went on off to rest in the Lord. But there'll be no more Satan. Thank God. No more Satan. Paul said, we'll bruise his head with our head. Bruise him shortly. He'll be under our feet. He'll be behind us. I'm glad now as we go through the storms. I'm glad now as we sail. 
I'm glad now as we struggle along and we row along, as we, as we battle this battle that we face as the children of God, I'm glad we're not alone. But I'm glad we have a master on board. Aren't you glad of that tonight? I want to say here, if you have doubt and fear, they woke up in that storm and went out on the back, went to where the Lord was in the hinder part of that ship, and they woke him up. And they said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? He said, Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? Why did you question the fact, the truth, that I didn't care? And he went out and he calmed that storm, and he spoke peace to the wind. And they said, what manner of man is this that even the winds and seas obey? I'm glad I'm in the ship tonight. I'm glad that he's holding me up. I'm glad he's carrying me over. But I'm glad one day I'll step off on that beautiful shore too. Aren't you tonight? I've preached my heart. I've just tried to be faithful in what that the Lord has given me. I hope it's been a blessing and a help to you. I appreciate your prayers. I love you tonight. God bless you.